All right, we've got a lot to get in about half an hour to do it. It is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. Do not waste any time, folks. The numbers to call are 416-870-0590, star 590, Kevin Barker, some talking points we will get to immediately out of this game. First, let's start with Yusei Kikuchi because we talked about it this morning on Blair and Barker. This is the first of 16 games against the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Yankees. That includes all those teams coming into Rogers Center. It's the first of 20 consecutive days without an off day. I said this morning that before you can look at the schedule and try to figure out what a good record would be for the Blue Jays out of these 16 games, the first thing we needed to see, the first thing I needed to see, was what you say Kikuchi was going to give me in this game because if he was able to compete... I think we said five and a third, four and two thirds, if he was able to give you that. Then you had to think that the Jays' chances of putting together a decent run through these games, even without Teo for a while, without Ryu for a while, and without Danny Jansen for a while, you had to like their chances. Did you see enough from you say Kikuchi, Kevin Barker, tonight that says to you that, okay, there's one issue surrounding Blue Jays pitching right now, and that is... How do you compensate for Ryu's loss that Kikuchi's showing you enough that at least you can have a little bit of confidence going forward? Yeah, yeah. Well, well let's look at the positive he, that he did. He, he's buying into the changes. That's not the easiest thing to do for a veteran guy to, you know, basically change mindset of, of how much he's going to throw one certain pitch. Uh, Petey's moved him on the rubber. Pete Walker, meaning the pitching coach, moved him on the ro- rubber, making that lane a little bit easier to get it into righties. He threw 51 four-seamers today. That's a lot of four-seamers. When a guy that loves his cutter as much as you say Kikuchi does, and coming into this game, he threw a lot of those. And the one thing I noticed was the the energy at the re- end of the release point. That was the big thing. You could tell that he really did that with conviction. Like, it was, here it is, see if you can hit it. And he wasn't, you know, aiming small. He was you know, Kirk was setting up a little inner third, but mainly it was, you know, I'm going to give you my best heater here. Let's see if you can hit it. And I sort of like that. Now, there's there's a, there's some things that I didn't like. He, he faced 21 batters. He threw nine strike ones. That's not going to work in the American League East, especially on the road in, in Fenway Park. You know, the, the more times he faces the Red Sox, he's going to have to get ahead a lot more. And second time through, you know, middle of the order, uh, how's that going to look? It, until he gets his slider and his split change that he likes to throw with two strikes, uh, how does he get big-time hitters out second time through, and what's he going to do with two strikes? Now, it's nice. The, the heater plays, and you can get him open in that front side, and that allows you to miss a little bit more with his slider that he likes to throw. Second time through, he'll throw it a little bit more. Third time through, he'll fall in love with it. But how does he strike people out with it? And the split change, you know, what what would that do? Is that just a change of speed pitch, or can he get guys out in front and get some weak contact early in counts? But you got to love it. Like, he, you know, he basically told everybody what he wanted to do. He wanted to pound the zone with fastballs. That's exactly what he came out and did. We saw upwards of 97 miles an hour. I just don't – I think he's got another gear, which is kind of nice to hear, right? It was somewhere in that 94 to 97 range. When you consistently are starting to see him pitching at 97, then I think we're, you know, cooking with gravy. But you got to like it. You gave, they gave you five innings. They gave you one run. It's, uh, you know, he, he pitched out of trouble in the fourth inning with the throw in there from Bo Bichette. You got to like when, when runners got on base, you didn't see the, the shaking off as much, right? That, that's what we saw a lot of the first outing was when he got traffic, he started going to secondary pitches because he was real timid about throwing the fastball. We didn't see that. So that's a lot of, you know, something for him to build off of. But 
you know, for me tonight, it wasn't about Yusei Kikuchi. He took a step forward. It's about the offense. How how did they start having competitive at bat after competitive at bat, and we just haven't been able to see that? You know, the, the taking what the pitcher gives you, Jeff, that, that's what really good lineups do. They're able to let the slider travel, hit a little, you know, dink and dunk to right center field, and then they're – Pitchers are going, uh-oh, they've made an adjustment, and that's when they hang and they can go back Lake City. We just haven't seen that. Why have we not seen that? I think that's one thing that they're going to have to correct sooner than later. They were 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position tonight. They came into the game hitting 151 with runners in scoring position. That was 28th in the majors, uh, that being the Toronto Blue Jays. I want to talk about the at-bat Kevin Barker with Rymel Tapia. Uh, this confused me. Now, first of all, I am I admit I'm a charter member of of don't sacrifice early in the game. I don't like bunting early in the game. I don't like giving away outs. But I've got a team that has had a difficult time hitting with runners in scoring position. I've had a gift given to me basically. I've got two men on after an infield hit to Chapman and the second infield hit for Alejandro Kirk. I got two men on. I've got Rymel Tapi at the plate. All I'm told about Rymel Tapia is he gives you something the Jays don't have. He can hit the contact. He's got great speed. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, as much as I hate the sack bunt, move the runners over. Maybe you get lucky because you know that Rafael Devers is not a very good third baseman. You've got blinding speed in Tapia. Let's put some pressure on these guys. Let's make them do something. Let's make them think. Charlie's on board with that. Because Toppy is squaring the bunt. And then they take it off. And Tapia gets called out. You got to explain that to me, Kevin. Uh, why do you take it off when it was, what, 3-0, and 3-1? Why? I, I just, this is why you have a guy with this skill set. And, of course, you know, Santiago Espinal comes up and grinds his way through 11 pitches before striking out. George Springer lines out, and you're left with Bupkus. I, I, I don't get that, Kevin. And I'm going to ask the callers to talk about that at four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Charlie's had a pretty good year so far at the bullpen. I, I yep. really got to question that decision, Kevin. Yeah, me too. That you know, we we praised him on, on Blair and Barker today. How about how good he's been with the pitching staff and and you know putting everybody in the right position to succeed. This is his first mess up for me. I I, I just don't understand when you have a guy who can have a situational at bat, and you just mentioned the numbers with runners in scoring position. They're they're awful. Like there there's no other way to put it. They're really struggling when it matters the most. And you got a guy up there, your eight hole hitter when you have your nine hole hitter standing on the on deck circle who's, who's going to face a right hander who throws upwards of 100 miles an hour you want to make that as bad as easy as possible and they didn't it makes you walk away scratching your head and quite frankly on the road early in the year against the red Sox, that's how mm. you lose games and they lost the game of course we also have to say too as well Bo Bichette did not have a good night defensively made his first two errors of the year kevin the thing that stood out to me about those errors is i look at this red Sox lineup J.D. Martinez, Bobby Dahlbeck. Kevin, I'm rolling the ball to first base with those two those two slew foots running. And it looked to me like Bo just didn't get his feet set. Now, I think Vladdy could have helped him out in the one, maybe. But, uh, again, the two slowest guys on the team or two of the slowest guys on the team, no need to rush. 
Set your feet. Yeah, throw the ball. Yeah, I, I, I would love him. I'd love him to set his feet. I'd love him to get around that baseball exactly like he did. I'd love him to stop, set his feet, and throw a BB to first base. You got a giant human standing over there. Throw it at his chest. Use what you know how big Vladdy is to your advantage. And I, a lot of the times, I don't mind him throwing on the run because he does it a lot in, in early work. We see him all the time working on that that backhand where his his finish is going towards the third base bag, and then he has that little hook in his throw. If he throws it right, he puts enough spin on it, it'll go to the chest of Vladdy. But a lot of the times, especially cold weather, your hands are swollen up. You know, sometimes you don't grip the ball the way you want to grip it. For me, you set your feet, throw a BB over there, and you make sure you get the out. There's no excuse for that. Like sometimes you can come on here and. Make Make excuses for guys, but this is one of those times you can't. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Lots of folks to get to. Gary in Newfoundland, you want to talk about Kikuchi tonight. You also want to talk about his command with runners and base. Go ahead, please, Gary. You betcha. Hi, uh, how are you all doing tonight? Doing well, Gary. Let's get at it. we got lots of calls. Okay, I'll get out real quick. Uh, during the first uh, uh, the, the innings tonight, with uh, when there was uh, runners on the base, when Kikuchi had walks and he was using before he got uh, the runners on base, he was using that sort of the flamingo uh, stance or karate kid stance to pitch to the to the batters. His command wasn't good at that time. Once there was a runner on base, he went to more of a standard type uh, 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 release in pitching. His command seemed to increase to the strike zone really good, and his his uh, uh, velocity seemed to increase as well. I noticed that in the first three innings, and I thought, you know what, maybe a suggestion is uh, Jordan Romano and Pete Walker show him the film of those few innings and say, you know, get get rid of that uh, karate kid stand. Get back to more of a normal sort of pitching uh, uh, stance and, and throwing, because it was exceptional and it was smoother and it seemed to be harder with his velocity. So anyhow, that's my thoughts on that, and I'll leave it up to you guys. Have a great night. i got to go to bed now. I'm in Newfoundland. <laughs> there you go, Gary. Go to bed. Sleep tight, my friend. Thanks, Thanks for Gary. Uh, hanging in with us. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, it is the thing. Japanese pitchers do do that. It's part of their timing thing. It, it's, you know, you, obviously you're not going to do it with men on base because it's going to you know, it, 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 it's, it's going to leave you susceptible to stolen bases. You know, we did see him tonight get called for going to his mouth on the mound, which to me suggests, Kevin, that this guy is just not – he's not entirely comfortable yet. But my big thing is the velo was there. He got plays made behind him. He made plays himself. Listen, this, this start exceeded for me what I thought I was going to get from Kikuchi. Yeah, yeah, the le- Jeff, the last time I saw an umpire call a, 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 a ball four like that, it was in winter ball, and he got batteries thrown at him. So it's, just, it's a good thing Angel Hernandez wasn't in winter ball. That, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, to Gary's point, I think he's a little bit quicker with runners on base, which will, you know, there's a little sense of urgency there. Now, remember, everybody, that he has made a ton of changes. Like, moving on the rubber sounds like an easy change, but it's not when you're used to throwing to one side and the angles that way, and you want to create certain ways of, of where you release the ball and where you want it to end up. That takes a little getting used to. And when you come into Fenway Park and you're trying to, you know, figure things out and trying to uh, different approach, it's not the easiest thing to do. So after the first couple of batters and then he got the, the the big outs he sort of settled in and and you know it was put the old number one down get ahead try and get ahead with that which he really didn't but i'm with you I, you know i like what he i like what he did and he can build off that rust in new jersey you want to talk about the offense 
Yeah, you talked about the bunt before, and I'm just going to say I I I I hear where you're, where you're coming from, but you're playing in Fenway Park, a park that yields a lot of runs usually. If you have Alex Minot on the you know Minot on the mound, then you know you have your your ace out there, then two three runs might do the trick. Doesn't Most matter, Gary. You're going up against Nate Uvalde. Doesn't matter who the hell you're pitching. You're going up Nate against Nate Uvalde. Your team's not scoring runs. I'm sorry, man. You got to do it. Never mind what you're getting out of your pitcher. The guy in the mound is not giving up anything. Your team's not scoring runs. You're without your cleanup hitter. You got a chance to put pressure on a team that can't play defense. I mean, it, it's, it's indefensible. It's indefensible. Okay. I, 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 I listen. The Blue Jays, you know, aren't aren't bunting teams, and you know, they're. You know, last year those kind of things they, they hit. They, they have a great lineup there that can hit a lot of good pitchers. I know it's eleven games into the season and they haven't, but they hit their fair share of good pitchers last year. And I, like I said, I don't think two or three runs typically on, a, on an average night in Fenway Park would have won it tonight for you. Yeah, well, the twenty twenty is great, but no, um, at the time you know, we were second guessing it at the time. I got to, I got to tell you, Russ right. Park and I were second guessing it at the time. Okay. You know, I, 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 I say, you know, you made a great point before. You can't, in American League East, you can't throw nine first pitch strikes. You know what I mean? You wiggle out of it, and everyone says, what a warrior this, and he battled, and this and that. It's all good and well, but it's your one hit, a one, you know, sharp hit away from giving up two, three runs. you got to throw strike ones in these games. And, you know, the, the, you know, the American League is good offensive teams, and, you know the Blue Jay pitching will be put to test. So you know I'm not I'm not that nervous about the offense, even though I don't know how many games it took them to get shut out twice last year and score one run. I think you know I think some people are starting starting to think you know how much more did Marcus Simeon mean to this team? But you know he's not here anymore. I'm not concerned about the offense. And listen, I think this team is going to come alive, and uh, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a, you know a great year. So. You know, I'll, I'll disagree with you on the bunt, but uh, that's what makes baseball conversation great. Nice. Yeah, go ahead, Bark. Thanks, Russ. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, you know, we've talked about the whole thing with Bichette moving into the cleanup spot and Guerrero. They got a Guerrero. Uh, God love him. I mean, Guerrero had what? The, the, the single tonight was was 113 miles an hour. I mean, at one point that was the hardest hit ball in the game. Uh, I saw signs out of Guerrero tonight. I love the way he took that walk. I, listen, yeah, Marcus Semyon, obviously you'd like to have Marcus Semyon, right? The problem is you don't have Marcus Semyon, you don't have Teoscar Hernandez. Th- this is, to me, th- th- this is what it comes down to more than anything else, Kevin. Yeah, well, I, I think to, to our point about the bun is just what you just mentioned. You don't have the Marcus Semyons of the world. You don't have Teoscar. You don't have Danny Jansen who went on the I.L. and he was – hot and feeling his little bit of mojo that's why when you have a chance when one of your guys are up that can situational hit and lay down a bunt in a fourth inning to put a little pressure on a bad defense i think you got to do it you're listening to blue jays baseball served up by the always game ready jack links meat snacks feed your wild side baseball fans back with more calls this is blue jays talk on the sportsnet radio network <laughs> And now the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book, 19+. Plus. Play responsibly, Ontario only. The Boston Red Sox with that winner, 6-5. and five. The New York Yankees are 6-5. and five. The Toronto Blue Jays are 6-5. and five. Tampa Bay's 5-6. And, six. and yeah, Baltimore's 3-7. and seven. Nobody really cares about 
Baltimore Orioles, do they? I'm sorry. I just have a hard time taking the Baltimore. It's like, you know, you're talking about Boston, New York, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Baltimore. And the O's. And the O's. Josh and Mississauga, you want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi? Yeah, how's it going, guys? Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you know, Kikuchi, he did have a good start tonight, but I was just kind of wondering, as far as from like a contract and skill point of view, Matt's was a proven uh, fifth guy for in the rotation for the Jays. He only signed for an extra year, but averaged about a million less than Kikuchi. So I was wondering, wouldn't it make more sense just to re-sign Matt, give him what he wanted, instead of just going out taking a shot on Kikuchi? I no. think I think a couple of things. First of all, I don't think Steven Matz would have been able to meet the border requirements. Um, I, I don't believe, I could be wrong, I don't believe he was vaxxed. I don't, I know that there was a discussion and, and I mean, it didn't seem to be a big issue for him personally, but we had Steven Matz on the show. His partner is a singer in a band. She travels and they just decided that the idea of her crossing the border all the time and him crossing the border, it just wasn't something that they were necessarily interested in. So it was an amicable parting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's he's a free agent, man. He he can do what he wants, Kevin. Yeah, I think so. Look, I think if you get Yusei Kikuchi, you know, throwing some fastballs and throwing more strike ones, he's going to be really good. You know, he's going to yeah. be good enough most of the time when he pitches to give them a chance to win. And, I don't know if you can ask for any more than that from your number five guy. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. It is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker. A reminder, we will be on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360 tomorrow from 10 to noon with Blair and Barker. Again, 10 to noon on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360. Tomorrow night, we will be right back here after Jose Barrios takes the mound for the Blue Jays against Nick Pavetta. Tony in Etobicoke, you're a big Rymel Tapia fan, I hear. Oh, I can't stand him. I, I don't know where they got him from. But well, why they acquired they him, him in a trade with Colorado. Okay, so see if they can trade him back because he reeks. The only time he's fast is when he runs from the outfield to the, uh, to the dugout. He stinks. Can't hit the ball. <laughs> I, go ahead, Bark. I got nothing well, for, uh, well, well, I got I nothing mean, for Tony. Well, I mean, that's Tony's opinion. Like, it's, you know, it's it's first impressions. And first impressions so far are, you know, First impressions are the dude scored from first base. Uh, he, well, so. well he, he did that, but I think, to, to Tony's point, that you can't steal first. I think I think that's the point. And I might be able to. Well, we'll you know, we'll see down the road. You know, again, I, I think when, when you put him in the right positions and you put the right sign down and you leave it down in a, in a big part of the game and you let him do sort of his thing – then you might see the best out of him, and I just think tonight they didn't do that. All right, what did you make of Vladdy's game tonight, Bark? Uh, Two for look, three I, with a walk. Yeah, I, look, I, I think when he comes out and says he was chasing too much, I know they said that on the pregame show, uh, we all know that. Like, like there's expectations on Vladdy that just sometimes probably not realistic. And every once in a while, you know, he's going to show his age just a little bit because you got to remember, the guys he's facing are big leaguers. They understand how to get people out. That's why they are big leaguers. And occasionally he's going to go up and chase some things. You know, the devastating sliders from righties, and he gets them over and over and over again, and they're trying to make him or let him get himself out. It's, it's you know, sometimes when you don't have people around you hitting the way they're supposed to be hitting or you don't have a big-time guy in your lineup who's injured, 
Sometimes you go through a little bit of hiccups, but I like what he did tonight. You know, I thought he took pitches that he was supposed to. He took a he took a slider to get a better pitch. When he got it, he didn't miss it. I think that's what you expect from Vladdy. And if he continues to do that, he'll put up the numbers that we all think he can put up. Are you in and Zach Collins yet? We're going to go buy a jersey. <laughs> Zach Collins with a home run, 3-1, no doubter. Yeah, how about this? Well, you know, some, sometimes you get a pitcher on the mound who outthinks himself. You get, you get, he throws a 96-mile-an-hour heater right by him that he fouls over the third base dugout, and then he throws him a 90-mile-an-hour cutter right down the middle. I mean, who does that? Like, you know, sometimes you got to be a little smarter and read bats a little bit better. But, look, give Zach Collins credit. When he's getting a good pitch to hit, he is getting it down and getting it singing and trying to go back up city. And that's sort of what I like from him. He said, look, he's not trying to be anything. He's not. He's trying to get a good pitch, and he's trying to impress. First impressions are everything. He continues to hit. He's going to keep playing. Yeah. Again, the Toronto Blue Jays losing 2-1 to the Boston Red Sox. It's the first of three games between the Jays and Red Sox at Fenway Park. 7-10 is the first pitch tomorrow night. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Nick Pavetta for the Red Sox. The Jays start a run of 16 games against the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros. They'll play Houston in Houston after this series. Then they'll return to Toronto to play those three teams. If you missed the news earlier in the day because the COVID-19 border restrictions were and are a talking point, of course, players who are not considered to be completely vaxxed by the Canadian, by the federal government, will not be allowed to cross the border and come into Canada and play. Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees, announced today that he will have all his players available for their trip to Toronto. So there had been some doubt about the vaccination status of some of his players. And in defense of his players, it was more a matter of Aaron Judge Aaron Judge never really came out and said yay or nay. Aaron Judge basically said none of your damn business. So we now know that, at least according to Aaron Boone, uh, every one of the Yankees players is vaxxed, so they will be good to go when the Yankees come into town to take on the Jays next week. Not so for the Boston Red Sox. They placed uh, Christian Vasquez on the COVID IL today. He joined Kevin Ploiecki. I I have no I I I can't remember. I know Vasquez was a guy in spring training who wasn't vaccinated, says he was going to be vaccinated. Don't know if he'll accompany the team to Toronto. I imagine he would. I think he is vaxxed. We do know that Tanner Houck, who gets the start in the third game of this series, has told Boston reporters he's not vaxxed. He ain't gonna get vaxxed, so he will not be in Toronto with the rest of the team. All right, Kevin, as we look ahead to tomorrow, um Jose Barrios. What do you need to see from him? Uh, well, again, every time he pitches, it's going to be the same answer for me. He, the spinning it is the most important thing for him. When he's spinning it and he's feeling it off the fingertips and he can locate that with two different spins, meaning the little breaking ball that he can use to get ahead and then the eliminator, the one he starts at the right-handed hitter and it ends up a little couple inches off the plate away, that for me is when you know he's locked and, and loaded and ready to go. But, you know, we can say it and sugarcoat it any way we want to. The at-bat's got to get better. <laughs> like, you ain't going to go to Fenway Park and win too many games scoring one run. 
Like they're going to have to put up five, six, seven runs, take a little bit of pressure off everybody else. The, the pitching staff's doing their job. Like now they've made some adjustments. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right now it's just the hitters going to have to start trying to use the entire field. I think now you're starting to see a little bit of a, a theme here that the slider away to a bunch of right-handed hitters, for whatever reason, the, the collapsing of the backside, the backside's falling across the plate. You know, they Something may be getting too pull-happy. All, you all talked of these about things. that in the first series against Texas. That's it right there. So that's the sort of the thing you need to start seeing is you either lay off it or you figure out how to hit it. You, you sell out to try and hit it. But the only way you're going to do that is you have good direction. You have to have direction of I'm thinking right center and my finish with my barrel is long. Like it's short to it and long through it. And for me, that's the only way. These little short compact falling across the plate and thinking about using the green monster, it's not going to work. Like these, these guys are too good, and they're going to pitch to your weaknesses. And I think tomorrow, this is what we need to see: competitive at bats and having an approach and taking what the pitcher gives you. Game one of sixteen games against the Red Sox, Yankees, and Houston is in the books. Sixteen, a run of sixteen games against those teams, I should say. The Red Sox took the first game two-one. The Jays zero for five with runners in scoring position. Continuing a trend that we have seen early in the year, but you say Kikuchi did. Well, I think he maybe, I think he maybe pitched, pitched a few people off the ledge today. Bobichet a couple of errors. We know how Bobichet responds to things like that. Game two tomorrow night, seven tens the first pitch. Ben Wagner has a call for you, and of course it's on the TV side. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball. Served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. As we say here, feed your wild side baseball fan.